What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the TFW Podcast. That's freaking wrestling. You guys know the best kept secret in wrestling podcast. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about the show. This is episode 80. I am your host, Matt, along with my usual suspects, Ishan and Rhodesia. Usually at this point, a lot of times I'll say like, hey, what's going on? Doing all that. We're getting right to it. 30 minutes ago, according to the internets, CM Punk was recently scheduled for a call with a few board members. The backstage feeling is it's happening, but doesn't mean it's done. Word allegedly is that CM Punk will be coming back to WWE. I am, of course, I've been banging the drum since he was let go. This is what's going to happen. I'm just along for the ride at this point, November 25th. Either way, if he comes back, it's going to be incredible. We'll be in the building, so that's going to add to it. Absolutely, I want him there in Survivor Series. But it's also a part of me, too, that would just love to see the discourse on X and social media if he does not show up at Survivor Series. So either way, I'm going to be full of just entertainment, and we're going to have a hell of a a Sunday post-Survivor Series pod that Sunday. But he is, he's not, he is, he's not. Like I said, I've already put my stake in the ground months ago that he was coming back to WWE. What's your your guys' thoughts about this report, and does it change your thoughts at all on CM Punk's future? Hey, you know, it's funny. um, I have not seen that report, but I did see, like, a clip of uh, CM Punk doing some commentating at one of the MMA shows he does. And... I'm glad you brought that up. I I had that in the chamber. So if you guys have not, hopefully you can hear this. If you guys have not heard what he's talking about, CM Punk does uh, MMA commentary for, I think, CFC or something like that. And this was from Friday night. So let me know if you guys can hear it. CM Punk's the man. CM Punk is the man. Hopefully you guys heard that. Uh, but he basically just said that like he was running collision. Now the show is shit. If you guys just want to want to go to that. So what are you saying? I was just saying that um one of the commentators had a WWE pocket handkerchief and another guy brought up TNA. So he's definitely uh you know really talking about his wrestling talk right now. But you know either way, I, I love to see him. Um, you know, get one last run with the WWE and go out the right way. Um, I would love to see that. Um, at this point, I kind of really, really would love for him to go with TNA, man. Later on, let's talk about TNA. I turned that show on the other day, and I felt like I was back in 1999, man, like with the production and the quality in a good of the way, show, right? man. No, in a horrible way, man. What? I couldn't believe Yo. what the hell I was watching. <laughs> I thought I was watching a VHS, VHS tape, man. I mean, it was ridiculous. Well, let let X tell it. Twitter, uh, AEW right now is like 2010 TNA Impact. So there's a lot of mm. yeah. It's it's we got it's a lot kind of to to kind of dissect. I don't know how much we're gonna just like really super deep dive on this one, but this AEW thing is a little out of control. We still gotta talk Crown Drew Radija. I still gotta get your thoughts right now about the CM Punk thing. You know, you have always been you know. a you've always been a CM Punk hater, like you are an LA Knight hater. Uh, you're a Cody Rhodes hater at this mm. point. I'm going to get on Ishan's bandwagon with that one. You don't like anything or anybody that the normal wrestling fan likes because you got to be different. I understand that. So what is your thoughts and feelings now that we are less than three weeks away from CM Punk returning to Chicago at Survivor Series? 
I don't have any thoughts on the CM Punk thing. And for the record, I'm not different. I actually like the majority of faces and dislike the majority of heels. That's all you got. That's all I got. All right. So that's where we are. <laughs> um, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. And this whole narrative, I think I heard Bischoff say it. I've seen it a few times that WWE doesn't need CM Punk. WWE doesn't need anybody. WWE is a machine. We know that. When Austin went out, yeah, it hurt, but they were able to find somebody else. You when don't Rock think left, that yeah, it they hurt, need Roman? But they were able to find somebody else. No, because Roman hasn't been there. And ratings yeah, but... have been up, live attendance have been up. Okay. When you say need, to me, like, no, you secure the best talent as possible because he's not going to hurt business. He's only going to help business. So if you say from a perspective of, say if uh, age was like infinite, Right. So, okay, we don't use punk now, but we use him five years from now. And he's the same guy, same age. He can still go in the ring. If, if say, if that was what was the thing, we're playing a video game and you say, hey, don't use your resources yet. Okay, I get that. But this isn't a video game. This is real life. He's got time and he's slowly ticking down. I mean, to what he said, like we want or I want, I think the, the vast majority of WWE CM Punk fans want him to end his career on a high note. He can't go out. The way he went out just completely. I, I, I would agree enjoy with that. Seeing him, okay. Yeah, I would TNA agree with also. that. I, I don't really care for punk at all, wherever he goes, but just if you are a CM Punk fan, I would want, I would, if that, if I was a fan of punk, I would want him to retire on top. Absolutely. You don't want to retire yep. from your passion that you probably did since you're nine years old and have just such a, such a tarnish and asterisk near both of your last jobs. That's, that's pretty deep. Hey, but you know what, though, Matt, before you go on, though, mm -hmm. I think we maybe need to dive in later on. Like, there's been so many wrestlers that have gotten second chances, and we're people are crapping on CM Punk for, for what? For being passionate, right? For maybe maybe being childish, maybe taking things too far. But what really did he do that was super horrible that where he can't come back and we can't want to give him, like, a second or third chance? Like, his, his last run in WWE... I mean, the dude has staff infection, and they fired him on on his on his on his wedding day. Yeah, like right. And then there was a lot of circumstances that led to his out of control tirade at AEW. But at the end of the the day, the heart of it, he was trying to, to do right by the company. Now, did he end up doing right for the company? Did he go off the whales? Certainly, but he didn't do anything that he can't come back from. Right, especially that was, just, that about, was just a man that went out of control. That's or think it. about like Brett. If Brett can come back, if if you take. Survivor Series screw job for a 100% shoot that he wouldn't drop the title in Detroit the night before to Shawn Michaels. And Vince is like, we got to get the belt off of him. And Vince screwed him out of the belt. If he could come back and make amends, absolutely, Punk. Punk didn't sue WWE. Absolutely. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, WWE went they out their way ass. to. Yeah, like, so. So, yes, I agree. I, I agree 100%. But WWE, just like any sports team, you think you're great until you get one injury. Knock on wood. God forbid Roman goes down, Cody goes down, Seth goes down, LA Knight goes down. You know what I'm saying? saying? Now it's Stop like, oh, we were Stop we saying. were good. Oh, we're not good anymore. Secure the talent, put the best possible show on TV. And as they said on television for years, it was a tagline, do what's best for business. And there is no way CM Punk and WWE is not what's best for business, especially going into Rumble season, WrestleMania season, et cetera, et cetera. So, and you still got AEW out there that's trying to figure out their way. That's just another hit to them because that could be some people now who were strictly watching AEW, say maybe because of Punk, 
if he lands on WWE TV, now they watch that. So it's still a competition thing, uh, but I'm here for it. Whatever yeah. happens, I'm here for it. And Collision hasn't been the same since he left because Tony Giovanni is on commentary. Oh. Rhodesia said last <laughs> night, she's like, yeah, Giovanni, I, I don't like him on this show. Just on that like, show, okay. just on Collision, because Collision was different. It felt different. And just listening to it last night, I was just like, ugh. This just sounds like Dynamite to me. And, and I love Dynamite. Let, but the whole difference, the whole thought. point is they were different. Yeah. Hold let's that hold thought. Because, because, we get yeah, because yeah. we definitely we'll got AEW. some. Yes, we got some. But let, let's start with Crown Jewel, PLE from yesterday. Good show, right? Yeah. Solid to good show, would you guys say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Overall, yeah, it was, you know, it was some words before the show, you know, online that like they're treating us like a WrestleMania, et cetera, et cetera. It wasn't that, but it was, it was a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, some surprising things. I got a few questions for you guys. Let's, let's just get into it. Number one, let's start with LA Knight, Roman Reigns. Question Did LA Knight look like he belonged in the main event of a PLE against Roman Reigns? Give me that question one more time, Matt. Did L.A. Knight look like he belonged? You know what? Before I answer that question, let's, let's do some TFW storytelling on this one real quick. Just real quick. I like it. Go on, the, on the podcast, we are wanting L.A. Knight to get a push. Like, what's LA, where's, when is L.A. Knight getting a push? When is he getting a push? Right? Then it was, I don't believe in him until he gets a push. Then a the man gets a push. And then we say it's too much too soon. If he loses, it's going to be the end of his career. It's going to be in the L.A. night. And somebody on the podcast said, I ain't never liked the Ninja No Way. Uh-oh. So I, I, Uh-oh. I actually, I want to lay out. I want to listen oh, so to you so, guys. So what you're saying is you want to defer is what you're saying. Oh, that's you all I want to lay out. Because yeah. the, first, the yeah. first three bullet points yeah. he said didn't even happen on this show. So I don't even yeah, know where he got that hey, from. But it's, it's good, hey, it's good storytelling. I, I was hanging on every word. So I'm like, what other TMW show are you talking about at this point? None of that happened. None of that happened. You Somebody said you. I didn't want to call your name out, but you said you ain't never like him no way. Never. I summed up. Like Can't stand his draws. Can't stand his draws. I summed it up, and I wasn't trying to point you out, but since you're tonight, you, Rhodesia, said that. But, so I'm interested. Like, so, you know, he he took the three-second tan, like, right? You lost the match. What do you guys think? I mean, what do you think? What did you guys think of the match, Rhodesia? Because you, you know, thought they were both horrible wrestlers, right? (laughs) And I'm interested. You think they did enough to, to let, you know, LA Knight's career continue to thrive in the company? So there's two big questions there. Matt asked, did he belong? And then you just asked that question, did they do enough to make him look like he can thrive? Did LA Knight do enough? Yes, in that match. Because there was a point in that match before, like, the second half of it when business started to pick up and you had your interference. Roman wrestles a very particular style of match. I've said that. I said it last time. Y'all even saying now that I hate Roman wrestling because I gave him a five for fate. Um, But I never felt like, wow, this is really slow and dragging. There was some moments throughout that match, even in the first half of it, that I was like, okay, this didn't feel like a normal, slow Roman match. So to answer Matt's question, yes. Um, To answer Ishan's question, yes. Because technically, LA Knight won. Which my biggest gripe in that whole match was that how can you cover somebody and their foot is pretty much damn near under the rope? 
I see this a lot happen a lot of times because someone's not pulling that foot in. But I know it was there for Jimmy to put his foot on the rope to break the count. So to me, that irritated me. But then when that happened, again, LA Nate should have won. So we talked about nobody thought um, LA was going to win. Nobody. But it's how you want to protect him going forward. And they showed it. Technically, he won the match. But Jimmy interfered. Well, it's not so technically. I was fine. Okay. It wasn't technically. It was not technically. But yes. He would have won the match if Jimmy didn't move his foot. On yeah. So to your point about the match wasn't like plotting like it typically is. A lot of that was, I mean, all of it was Roman. Roman took out the normal talking through the entire match, mm-hmm. you know, looking at the crowd and changing his, you know, facials from, you know, though this is easy to the worry. Like that was kind of just pulled out. That's why the match had a better flow to it. I do think we need to have a conversation about Roman's matches at this point. And I'm now I'm at a, a juncture in this entire bloodline story where Cody's going to the story must be Cody is overcoming everything that Roman has done in three years to keep the title. And what I mean by that is if you look at last night's finish, that was a typical bloodline finish for the last year. It was. And there's got to be a reason why they're not changing it. There has to be a reason why it's the same thing. You know, interference, sometimes two interferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, Superman punch, kick out, spear, kick out, false finish, or ref bump. Then we get the finish. There has to be when Cody finally beats him in April, the story is going to end up being everything that's happened in the last three years. He's overcome. So maybe Cody's going to overcome three interferences still kicks out. He overcomes three spears still kicks out. You know what I'm saying? Like it's gotta be a point because they're not changing at all. And we're going to see, I'm going to assume they're going with AJ Roman because that was the rumored match for Saudi. And then AJ went out. We know he's not winning at Royal Rumble. It's going to be the same thing. Yeah. Because I thought, I thought if they were going to change how his matches went, this was the match to do it on. Either, like we talked about on last pod, either do a semi-squash and, hey, LA, you're just not, you haven't arrived yet, or something. And the only thing you can say is Roman didn't kick out of the BFT. So they, they protected LA Knight. I thought he looked like he belonged. I thought he did a great job. But I guess we're only going to have probably one match of Roman until Mania. It's like, all right, all right, it, all right, it's, all right, it's time. I still believe he should have beat Cody at Mania, but it's time. All right, it's, it's enough. We've done this, been there, done that. Man, let's fast forward to, to Mania for that. Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting with that match was, in storyline, where does Roman go from here? Um, which you like nothing happened in that match to where, oh, okay, he should be bigging up his bloodline brothers for doing something or they didn't cost him. They weren't close to costing them. It's kind of like, all right. It's almost like in a vacuum that match didn't happen. Mm-hmm. That next time we see Roman, he's going to be able, they're going to be able to completely skip past crown jewel and then just go on to whatever's next. Did y'all feel the same thing? Yeah, absolutely. But I kind of feel like that a lot of times with the, out of the States shows, especially like your crown jewel, even kind of, I don't want to miss because of that was backlash. I'm trying to think about did a lot of stuff advance out of that, but just in the, in the past, in the last three to five years or three years, whenever they went abroad, it seemed like that was in a bubble. How many times have we said mm-hmm. like when Logan Paul comes onto a show, a lot of times it's just in a bubble, but for Roman, and I don't want to jump to maybe Cody yet, but just even in Cody's match, 
all they kept plugging toward the end of it was like, yeah, Cody's back to the man. Cody has all the steam. Cody has all the momentum. So it is possible that maybe AJ doesn't happen. Could he just go straight to Cody come rumble time? Because they're trying to heat him back up, even though he is already superheated. They're, they're saying it often and often. Well, and more because often. I think that just means another big obstacle is coming. An obstacle that they've been waiting for from a storyline perspective until right before Mania. And maybe the obstacle is Randy Orton. Mm. But when and I kept hearing that, I'm like, sense. oh, all right, he's about to eat it again. I don't know against who or, or why, but it's coming. When they, was, the when they were putting the, him the, over. The next big over, obstacle yep. is coming until he gets to the Rumble. Yep. Yeah, it definitely felt like a, a period um, last night. Right. You think about, you know, we haven't gotten to that match yet. Like cramps? You know, oh. Solo. No. <laughs> like solo, <Sorry>. solo dominated. <laughs> um, then you know Roman won his match. Oh my in. god! And then hey, uh, no, hey, hold on a second. You you can't just gloss past that. <laughs> what? I got None a count. I got a count. Yo, yo. Okay, yo. Y'all know the count? Uh, was it fifteen? No. Less than right. It was less than fifteen. Eight. Higher. Damn ten. Higher. I should know seeing that Cena was screaming at him holding full-blown <laughs> conversations in the middle of that ring. How are you down on the cell from taking 32 thumbs? Another another thumb, I would have been like, am I watching porn? Am I, am I watching a wrestling match right now? He hit him with like 32 thumbs, and Cena is still screaming at him. Hold on, wait. Don't pin me yet. All right, do it one more time. <laughs> Head to the back. <laughs> We'll talk later. Like, so Solo, you... <laughs> the final sequence, Solo was That's like, you know, goal, I'm tired man. of talking. Solo said, I'm tired of talking. You about to eat these, all of these right now, and I'm going to cover you. That is my goat, man. Like, come on, dude. He went from, on Friday, selling the spike, which I thought was great. We, we talk about it a lot. We get some wrestlers who don't even sell, like, moves that could kill you. We got Roman <laughs> selling with a raspy voice, a spike to the throat. You mean and then he takes 38. Oh, yeah, he takes 38 more at crown jewel and is like screaming during the match it's like that is fantastic i'm sorry e, but when you mentioned you kind of just glossed over that domination like it's, we didn't none of us caught that we were i think we all thought maybe cena was gonna win no Damn, i, I said think... it y'all didn't think so cena was gonna win y'all thought solo was gonna win i thought cena was gonna win me i sorry i, I thought it was bad solo Man, was gonna matt, win. matt and rhodesia matt and rhodesia i'm gonna t- turn my go into my age matt and rhodesia turned into chris cross they jump jump Hey, All over me, just in that moment. Jump, jump. What you mean? I'm what you mean? Make you. But um, Cause he, yeah, because he, he didn't finish the statement because he, he brought oh. up so oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, because yeah. oh, he was going through a lot of matches. Just, I was like, hold on, just, pump the brakes. Y'all just went into the whole thing, but yeah, it's not like it was a period, right? And so, but you know, it's SummerSlam. I mean, not SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Roman isn't going to be on that card, so he doesn't necessarily have to be on the shows for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, we know he has kind of a part time, so we, we might even see Roman for a minute. But I think it'll be interesting to see where LA Knight goes from this. Um, he definitely, they definitely well protected him. So we're definitely interested to see where he goes next and how to continue to build him up for his next thing. Right. But going in, let's, let's go down solo and uh, John Cena. You know, you guys have kind of hit most of it. Oh, okay. So then I guess my question just to you two is was that the right call? And not just Absolutely. him, not, no, not just him winning. Absolutely. Him beating him the way he beat him. Yeah. But I thought I thought that Bravo. I thought that what was going to happen. I thought that Cena was going to put him over, and he absolutely and, did. And touche to John Cena because we all thought that we thought that right. Just as Rhodesia said that. Oh, all right, this is Cena passing the torch again 
you know, and it's phenomenal of, of him to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a split second, John Cena made you believe. And I'm not even a John Cena guy. And it was funny. I'm not going to incriminate myself. So I was at a place where I shouldn't watch this. And somebody who came in heard the show and said, hey, are you listening to wrestling? Uh-oh. Is that John Cena? I hate that guy. I'm like, you know what? I'm not a Cena guy either, but my kids love him. And he made me believe in a moment with his promo that maybe he gets that win. He breaks that streak of his losing streak. But nope. Paul Heyman, wonderful story. Solo dominated the crap out of that man. I mean, he just thumbed the stuffing out of that man. So the official, I don't know if it was... official count yeah, was I mean, 11 spikes. 11 spikes. Jesus but I like your 38. We're going to stick with 38, though. Man, what did John do to deserve that? I wonder I how Theory felt watching it. Like, yeah. He, I mean, he put Theory over. It just looks different. Like, it, it just, really it is. just, it's a, I don't know, whatever. Um, so y'all saying that, that was the right call. Okay. Mm-hmm. E, I think you brought up Cody. Is Damian Priest a three crossroads level guy right now? He was last night. Mm-hmm. I thought that was. But that's why I said Damian was the freaking man. I said that. Outside so- Kyrie coming back. That was the most surprising thing of all. Okay. Even over the 36 thumbs. Was that it took three crossroads to get rid of Priest. Like, for me, how many are you going to hit Roman with then? 30, 39. Like, are we, going, are we going with 40 for WrestleMania 40? 69. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. What was up with that laugh, sir? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, okay, so both of y'all think he's a three crossroads guy. Well, I've already said I've been crucified by putting Damian Priest up there at the top, putting him above L.A. Knight even. Yeah, it's been ridiculous you've been doing that on the show. Yep. So but let me ask, because I, I wasn't able to fully watch that match. I saw bits and pieces of it. Did Damian kick out of one crossroads? I don't know if he didn't was kick or Cody didn't pin him. It was like one um, of those. I can't remember. But he hit him like with three at the end. And I'm like, mm-hmm. to me, that was what you did to beat Brock. That's what you probably need to do to beat Roman. I don't, I don't think Priest is at that level. I think, like, Priest is at, like, a one in a possible. If we was playing spades, and you asked me how wow. many books I got in my hand, and I'm like... Now, that's know, disrespectful. Like one I'm going to do y'all. I'm going to do y'all like how y'all do me. Oh, so, Matt, you a Damian Priest hater then, huh? I mean, he can't keep up well, with his own hating. briefcase. That's, that's, so. that's a ridiculous thing of you to say. Right? I, that's, of <laughs> course he's Sammy, though. I mean, he's, he's asking a, a perfectly sound question. I'm with you, Matt. But, hey, but you know what, though? This is them trying to put some more emphasis on Damian Priest, like, mm-hmm. right? Like, Cody, like, you know what? I'm going to be for show, for show that I'm pinning this dude. Like, ain't no kick out. I'm going to give him three to make sure that he's laying flat on his back for this three count. I think that kind of ele- elevates him a little bit, makes him a little oh, no, more it does. important. Because at the end sure. of the day, I still don't believe that Damian Priest is somebody I can believe, as, that's believable when cashing in. There's like, when he came hater. in, when Too he came in to that fake cash in, I'm like, ugh. Like, he doesn't seem like a world champion to me. Not yet. Well, you know, I thought, I didn't even think about Sammy coming in to, like, Mm-mm. which you wouldn't. Because, like, yeah. th- that's never been a precedent for that. But when he came down, I was like, oh, okay, we doing this. And then, yeah, of course, my mind like started Seth going to. I didn't feel like was that beat up, though, either, though. Even though he they wouldn't. plugged his back. 
again, we talked about this. You said yeah. they, it was the back was just for Shinsuke. No, that's all they no, talked they, about. They was brought it back. back. Big yep, time. They brought it back. And man, I, I hope I hope Drew gets his just due on this run. It mm-hmm. Sounds like he still hasn't signed a contract yet. So I don't know if like they're waiting to pull the trigger on whatever they're gonna do. Which we'll talk about here. We got a uh, question that came in from X, so we'll hit that in a little bit. That has probably something to do with Drew. But we saw at the end of him losing to Seth, we saw Rhea kind of just like look at him like, "Told you, man, you need to get down with us." So, but I, I just wonder where his contract plays into with that. But he is—he's the man. It, it, like outside of anything story related from that show. Uh, probably my three biggest takeaways was one, Rhea is a fucking she's her. Any superlative you want to use is it's her. Uh, two, Drew is a grown man, mm-hmm. and three, Cody's fantastic. That show went up a level when it was time to. This show was funny. Like the the couple first matches were hot. And then they did the thing with the Saudi oh local guy. And then, like, they kind of went down after Miz TV. And then oh. the women's match didn't get them back. And mm-hmm. I thought EO and Bianca had a great match on, like, on paper hey, watching it. Hey, can, can, we, can we just pause for a moment? Matt finally gave my boy Cody Rose some props. Look at this guy. See, but been, see, been, this is how I feel about both of y'all <laughs> all the damn time. He finally gave him. Y'all changed Wait a minute now. Wait a minute, Brody. Wait a minute. Let's, I've been let's, giving him props. Let's soak this in. Let's soak. I damn near cried. Everybody I damn knows. Near cried. Oh my I've god! I've been a Cody fan. Right? So, but yes, uh, but you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking Thank about. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all watch. Thank you. Oh lord. But yeah, those are probably just my, my three takeaways. Um, okay, so you're saying he's a, he's a he's a three. Either he is a three crossroads guy, or just, you're just trying to elevate him. We didn't believe in the cash in, so now we got Sammy and Damian, which. I think this leads to war games. Uh, let's actually let's let's jump to that because that's a perfect segue. Then we can go to Kyrie saying anything else from Crown Jewel you guys want to talk about. Uh, our guy Eternal from X, shout out to Eternal. Uh, he sent us a question and he said, "Who is your Survivor Series War Games team?" He has his as Judgment Day and Drew McIntyre on the same team versus. Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, a returning Randy Orton, Jay Uso, and Sami Zayn. Uh, he said LA Knight is not ready for, just basically saying he's not ready for the World Heavyweight Championship, but he is main event material. material. He just doesn't have him in that War Games match, which it looks like everybody on his face side is on Raw. So, yeah, they're all on Raw. Um, what's your guys' thoughts about his teams, and then what would you guys think the war games match is going to be i think that team sounds pretty solid um maybe up until this morning i would probably would have said maybe randy but maybe you can take him out and insert punk but y'all probably want punk on his own but I, I don't have a problem with what he said for his so but i was thinking about it. i'm like well then watching that video package of them saying that it's going to be war games what is going to be like on the woman's side if they're is even going to be a woman's side one. So I was like, well, let me think about who could be in that match. And honestly, unless we're talking about just all faces going against all heels, the, the easy way out, I wouldn't even know how they would start a, a woman's because damage control is probably the only 
function or um, group. Mm-hmm. We really don't have a lot of tag teamers. So, I mean, it would be like for if there is a woman's side, they had Bianca Belair in the video package for it for War Games. I would even know how they would do one. Oh, they can definitely do a SmackDown version because there's a lot of women. But again, like I said, it'll be just putting faces and heels together. It'd be like real no story line. It's just, okay, here's a good guy, here's a good girl, or a good guy. Yeah, if they decided to do it, it would have to be like the old school Hell in a Cell pay-per-views, where like out of nowhere, it's like, oh, this feud is big enough to put in the Hell in a Cell. Mm -hmm. It would kind of be the same thing. Like, there's nothing right now. And like, they've been building the War Games men's match for weeks. Mm -hmm. If you've been paying attention to kind of like, okay, we're just looking at it. But to your point, even Damage Control, the story they're about to tell is Kyrie, EO, and I think Asuka where's Bailey at? Yeah. Oh, oh, that'd be beautiful. against Bailey. You know what I mean? Like they, so they have that story. That's but you're only talking three, three. And then you got Charlotte, mm-hmm. where she's not in the story at all. Bianca should be pissed because she got screwed. So that's not a war games match. So I'm thinking maybe they lay out on a women's war games match this year. Um, but I do like his guys. Mm-hmm. I, I may flip somebody. E, what, what do you think about his team? And then what would you do? Um, I like his team actually. Um, I think it's spot on to be a great match putting Randy in there. And I think that if you want to give Cody something to do before mania and my thing about a Randy versus Cody match was always the returning Randy Orton is going to get a huge pop and you don't want to fight the love of the crowd between a returning hero and their current hero. What better way for no Randy to cost his team um, the win in the cage, right? And mm-hmm. him, maybe mm-hmm. he butcher Cody, like right, like just butcher everybody, and specifically Cody, and he just turns his turns on everybody. That'd be an easy kind of way to kind of get him out of that love from the crowd, right? And then into a nice little feud with Cody before Mania. No, I think that's yes for sure. And then I even thought, just going off of Eternals teams. What if you put Drew, what if somehow you get Drew on the face side? Mm-hmm. Take out Randy. Mm-hmm. But then I don't know, because I'm still looking for this Drew Hill turn. That, so it would kind of be like the same thing. Okay, he turns on his face team during the match. But then I don't know who Judgment Day, unless Judgment Day goes into the whole thing of we're so strong, we only we'll need just three. take on, yeah, yeah, or four, right? It would be JD. Finn, Finn, Finn Damien. Damien, and Damien. Damien, okay, yeah. So they could go that way, and then you get the turn during the match. I just don't know if, if do you want Orton, seeing this, this would be his first match back, and probably the first time we physically put eyes on him, maybe. Do you want him to have that much attention in, like, a 10-person match? Because that can take away from it. Kind of just like, um, like uh, the Rumbles or a match where you know there's going to be a run-in. You're looking like at the hallway, the majority of the match, because you're like, all right, well, we know we know the run is coming. I don't really care what's happening in the match. I wonder if that would happen with Orton, that it would just be like all eyes on him. And you could protect him. I guess he could be the last face to come out right. the cage to get in the ring. So I do know, but I do like that. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. If I had to switch, I would maybe try to get, and he's on SmackDown, but I would maybe try to get Cena involved because he's, on Instagram, I guess like he teased like he was retiring. And it's like, ugh, hopefully that wasn't his last match. I, I I'm just a big stickler of if it's your last match, I want to know it's your last match. Um so that would maybe be kind of cool for him to get like a uh, a win. I don't know. But 
I like that one. I was trying to think outside the box. I can't really think of anything outside of that. And you mentioned one thing real quick about Cena. And I know in the future, we're going to have a real appreciation giving him his flowers. But the, he was and is the only person so far to me that I've seen him at his very beginning debut of his career to possibly now his retirement, or as, as we know what Cena would be. I've seen his whole career, and he's a GOAT. So to me, that's just, I'm honored to be able to have witnessed that career. Love him or hate him, especially early on when he was just Super Cena. Still, I'm so honored to be able to see a GOAT career from beginning to what we presume will be the end, now or end soon. That is a great thing, because you know, there's a lot of our favorites from back in the day where we didn't necessarily see them. Mm. In the beginning, the no? beginning, right? Because it was a different way, territories and et cetera. Yep. Um, and then with WWE got them, they were different, like the Undertaker, right? Like he was to me, Mark Calloway, and I think he was some other people before that. But you know, we are creeping up in the era, you know, like with Cody, my guy Cody. Like I seen his very first match, and hopefully, I'm still around to see his last match, right? Roman Reigns is another one, right? We're another one. We mm-hmm. saw his first match, right? Well. Uh, if not if you count FCW, that was more development. Yeah, I mean, that was right. back then, right? Yeah. But we saw, you know, their first professional you know, match, and we could potentially see their end. So that is a, a pretty cool thing. I brought it up earlier. Kyrie Sane is back. I love this spot. She looked incredible. Oh, I love her look. Uh, I mean, just she looks like a, she's, she's gorgeous. She looks she's pretty, but just like that badass look that she had, completely different than the pirate princess that she was <laughs> beforehand. I mean, I think Cody took her jacket. Because he looked like a pirate coming out there afterwards. I was like, oh, that's why they made Kyrie switch it up. But uh-uh. I, I thought it was great. It, it, it was, I, at, once again, because we're going to Survivor Series, some of these things I wish would happen at that show because we would be there. But if we get Orton and Punk, all bets are off. Anybody can come back before then. Uh, so I was a little surprised just to see her come back at Saudi. But this is long-term storytelling. This goes back to Triple H's like, all right, this is my sandbox now. And everything that didn't go right, it seems like, over the last few years, he is course-correcting and making right. She had a extremely strong run in NXT, got to the main roster, wasn't the best. Bailey takes her out. She goes to Japan because she's over it. She's been there since 2020. She's back now. Uh, I do think, like I said, I think Asuka gets down with them to make this badass faction to go up against Damage Control and actually who anybody else because who can touch them kind of when you think about it that way. But I was, I loved it. What'd you guys think about Kyrie's return? Her intensity on her elbow drop. I mean, it, just, it looked flawless. Like I can't believe I've, I've missed that for that long. But like you said, when she came up and she was a pirate, maybe it just wasn't so believable to me. And I know a lot of the Japanese wrestlers that, that I've seen, at least in WWE, they're kind of over the top as far as their character. And so probably like a caricature of themselves. So maybe I didn't fully believe that Kyrie saying the same moves, but it just looked even more intense and damn, she looked good. Yeah, she looked great. Question for you guys. Who had a better elbow drop? Her or Randy Macho? Don't do that. I knew when you, I knew when you started putting them words out of your lips, I'm you can't go against the goat. Give me anybody else, but Macho Man. Give me anybody else but Macho Man, because Macho Man for me is like, even if he doesn't have the best elbow drop, you got to say Macho Man because he has the like most legendary elbow drop. But is you, that what it is? Is that what it is? Like, is yes, like that's the I first think so. elbow drop. Was it really the best? Because I don't, I don't remember it not being. But was it? Man, really? it's just it was just so smooth, and that was the because we we connect to like that was like 
probably the first time we saw that move as like a major move. Kind of yeah. like the way um the way you feel about Shawn Michaels and the Super Kid. Mm-hmm. Right? There are a generation of fans now that feel that way about the Bucks. So 20 years from now, if they were to ask their friends, hey, who's got the best super kick? The Young Bucks or somebody who's not even wrestling right now? People would be like, man, the Bucks. The Usos. The Usos. Mm, I see, but I would give it just the Bucks just because like, their whole gimmick was super kick party. Horrible. That, that's the only those, reason why. Hey, yeah, that's the only those why. kicks that uh, Jay, Jay was making me proud. I teared up a little bit too, man. Because it's Air Ones. With, with Nikes on, man. like <laughs> the bottom of the soles hurt. Yeah, and we like, that's how you throw a damn super kick, man. He was and throwing JD, in those fellas. JD McDonough. He sold it, didn't he? Oh, Funko my Pop. God. I think go. his gimmick right now is just to take everybody's offense and sell it yes. the best way possible. Absolutely. And he's doing he a fabulous a job. job. Shout yeah. out to you, JD. But he he stuck that chin out. <laughs> he should. <laughs> oh, he, he was chin, chin, up, chin up to tout. Chin up to tout. <laughs> he was ready for it. <laughs> um, But to answer your question, yeah, if it wasn't. Take Macho Man out, right? It's, it's Kyrie saying she just—it's—it's it's one of the best things in wrestling to me. <laughs> and like, I get it. I see like how she contorts her body and everything, mm-hmm. but it's one of those moves where like you just never get tired of seeing right. it. And I've never seen her like not hit it right. Right? No, you're right. Yeah. I haven't either. Even when she was a I, princess pirate. Because I feel yeah. like Macho Man, like a lot of people try to emulate his style. Like Punk does a horrible Macho Man elbow drop. <laughs> it's, it's just horrible. <laughs> um, you know, Shawn Michaels. No, does it does it too? That was one of his. He, does, he moves, did a right? really good one. Really he did a good, good one, but yeah. it wasn't good as Macho Man to me, right? Mm-hmm. But like Kyrie, she has a twist on it that looks so unique and so different um, that it kind of really separates. I think the, her version of the elbow drop versus like Macho Man's. It reminds me of like that comparison you just said of like how Eddie Guerrero and. I'll even give who else like Montez when they do the frog splash, how mm. they like open and con- yeah. contract and how they do their bodies. Like when other people do frog splashes, it's, it's kind of like where her elbow drop is. It's intense. Like she does like a full range of motions and it's not just there. That and, and they, they do because they're professionals. And this is the part that like, we don't think about a lot. We probably do just because we're like hardcores of the hardcores. Anybody listening is the hardcores of the hardcores, but you have to have full body control to not kill the person you're wrestling. So you think about like her elbow drop. She puts her entire into it. She flips, but then when she nails it, she doesn't land with all of her body weight. Mm-mm. Right. And it's kind of like the same thing with a lot of these wrestlers where like they just glide, like they float in air. Like to your point about like Montez's uh, frog splash. If he came down with like his entire body weight, we got some issues, but he doesn't like it. Is, it's, so that's fantastic. Um, I loved it. I loved it. And then it's, it's funny, too. I, I made a comment during the L.A. Night entrance yesterday. I was like, and yes, they have to continue to do right. But here we were four months ago, five months ago, banging on the table, screaming to the clouds, like, what are we doing with about L.A. Night? He's not being pushed. Here he is, main event of PLE against Roman Reigns months later. Just a month ago, a month and a half ago, we're sitting here like, WTF? WWE, what is up with y'all women's division? Like, what is going on? And now we got a return in Bianca that put, you know, logs on the fire. Kyrie saying that now the fire is absolutely burning. It's like, all right, just we just, we just got to give it time. We we've just been so hurt by Vince McMahon's booking that we would say just let it play out and never played out properly. Right. I think now is really time. Yeah, we can. We still absolutely. I'm still going to be critical when it's time to be critical. I think that's part of AEW's issue is that. Sometimes 
the fan base and maybe even Tony takes being critical as like hate or like, oh, you don't watch anyway. It's like, no, it's okay to be critical. That's how you get changes right now. Um, before we get to AEW, I guess the last thing, I don't I don't think I have anything else from Crown Jewel. Y'all got anything else for Crown Jewel before we start talking AEW? I got a couple of things. Um, small things. The video package before the main event, it was like Dune meets Mad Max slash WWE style. I really like that. I think that gave for like LA Knight, you know, does he belong? I think that video package add a lot to that too, that yes, he belongs. That's why you're seeing something different there. You could tell they're putting money and time and resources behind LA Knight. Um, they are undefeated I, with video packages. Mm-hmm. Opening mm-hmm. videos, video packages. That was to me, that was like WrestleMania caliber almost. And so maybe that's, maybe that's what somebody saw. Maybe somebody saw the cold open promo package to Roman and LA Knight was like, oh man, this is like WrestleMania tonight. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then maybe kind of remind me, and this is probably going back to Miz's face run. I have not in my brain have seen a Miz TV where he doesn't get his ass whooped. He actually, <laughs> by surprise, did some damage. He did, didn't he? So, I mean, do y'all recall a time where Miz actually like walked away from Miz TV? Not running away because he didn't want to get in the even, Or even walk, or even not upset at the end of it. <laughs> right, I'm sure, right. I'm sure we could right. probably think about the times where he didn't get laid out, but he definitely was pissed off. No, yeah. he, he was happy. Yeah. Man, y'all are so excited about this Miz face turn. <laughs> I, I am so happy for y'all, man. This is awesome. Well, no, because hey, I was working, like, because I knew working, like, he got a lot of like cheers really quick. Like, he's gathering cheers really quickly, right? He just started becoming kind of like good guy ish, like within a couple weeks. Well, so Monday is starting. out well for him. So then we had Monday and then we had Crown Jewel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super, super quick sample size. But you said it, so I'll ask you, is his face run working just after two shows? Well, clearly it is because, he again, he left Miz TV happy. Well, outside of his bump card, is it working? Is it working for the fan base? Do you think too soon. Sample people are just buying into? Too yeah. soon. Too soon. You know, b- before... Um, before they started talking about this, I, I thought about Miz. I'm like, damn, he is too talented be, to kind of not be on the shows. Yep. Like, he is really talented. You know, they pulled him out of nowhere almost for the LA Night thing, and he kind of outshined him a little bit on the microphone. Um, he is he's great on the microphone. I mean, he's not even great. He's like fantastic. He's one of the greats. He's a top tier. He mm-hmm. is. Yeah, yep. He's one of the greats. And then his in ring work, you know, people are just starting to appreciate him in the ring. He's always been safe. He's always been around. Um, he's very cons- consistent. I just don't think we give him enough due. And I feel like the company, like, damn, you got to find something for him to do. So, hey, this is all for them to give something to for Miz to do. You know, he kind of maybe ran out of steam as a heel because it's not, maybe not many more stories for him to tell. I'm all for it. And Matt, you mentioned guy. Miz. Is he how this last two showings of Miz is it working? But I'm just gonna say, just in general, it, it's working because when he'll say well, my hand goes up, you know whatever he says, my, your mouth goes shut. People been yep. saying it for years with him. For years, so, decade. Yeah. So for me, yes, he he's always been. I think like he could be like that tweener, the perfect definition of a tweener that you could be good and you could be bad all in the same situation. But again, this was my, I just was like, oh, Miz about to get his ass whooped. And then is it Ibrahim Habibi, Habibi the guy who was their viral person yeah, that was out there? Sure. I think that was his name. I'm sorry. Sorry if I, to that man if I messed his name up. Um, but I'm like, oh, nah, he definitely about to get his ass whooped. And then when Grayson was like, again, who's the, who's the best show? 
And I just knew he's about to turn on Miz at that time. And he doubled down. He's like, no, Miz TV is it. And I'm like, okay. And then that completely surprised me. So it's hard for me to get surprised by Miz TV. And I think that's about it. That was, and in the Fatal Five Way, I actually thought that was a really, really good match. I love the showing of all of them. And I have to give special props to Zoe Starks. She wrestles so effortlessly. I really enjoy watching her go in the ring. I don't know if she's ever going to be a top tier A player, but I do really feel like, damn, maybe can she or should like, can we push her to that? Because she, I love, I love her ring, just her body control, her ring awareness, everything about Zoe in that ring is crazy. She needs a character. She's boring. She doesn't have a character. And that's what it is. Yep. Yep. Um, I wish they could find her. They're they're trying to figure it out with her, you know. Like at one point, it felt like she was going face after her and Trish, and then she was going with like the badass heel. And now I don't know what she's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have a question. What's her name? Rhodesia? Zoe Stark. Yeah, I had asked okay. her last name. Oh, you you definitely <laughs> was going to relapse on that one. You had to hit target real quick. <laughs> Let's transition to uh, AEW. Uh, Rhodesia, how excited are you if you had to go from one hip thrust to ten hip thrusts? How excited are you to see Daniel Garcia versus MJF this Wednesday on Dynamite? So on that scale, I'm like a ten, but deep down inside, I'm probably a five because all those hip thrusts is gonna go in vain because we know he's not gonna win against MJF. It'd be a good showing. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> we go back to the good showings, right? It's a good, it's a good showing. No, but this, I think it's a hell of a spot for him. And yeah. no one I'm, thinks that I'm he, fine no with one this thinks one. he should win. Um, yeah. But I, I'm excited to see how, how he goes. And I don't know if I brought it up last time, but I, what match was that last time we had a world title match with MJF? I'm having such a brain fart. But with Kenny. Yeah, with Kenny. I have to admit, MJF can wrestle. So y'all need to, as y'all cutting and spice what? everything else I Look say that. about people as a hater. Yeah, he pulled off some things out of his repertoire, even more than on the Brian, Brian Danielson match that I was like, okay, MJF can wrestle. Rhodesia, the growth of you. <laughs> Episode one, if I'm not mistaken, you called MJF a crackhead. What? Episode 80, you said he can wrestle. He can wrestle. I am so proud mm-hmm. of you. Yeah. Just your growth over 80 episodes is mm-hmm. remarkable. What, I wonder what you're going to say in episode 160. You're probably going to say, like, L.A. Knight is, is a fantastic wrestler. That, that could be A it. great champion, e, right? He's a great world champion. E, huh? What do you think she's going to say on episode 300? How much growth do you think she's going to have by that time? I'm going to be running AEW okay. by then. I have no idea, man. After I heard that Roman Reigns is one of the worst wrestlers in the history of wrestling, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else can be done on this show. I mean, I have no if idea. you guys aren't listening to like every one of our shows, get on board. Listen to all of our shows because you probably are like lost on some of the things we're talking about. <laughs> but you got to watch them all. We treat our shows like AEW. We don't really give you much like backstory that will be talked about. You just got to catch up. <laughs> like you got to go back and and listen and watch. They say I talk too fast. I mean, you got to catch up. Ooh. I mean, you're listening too slow. Um, <laughs> speaking of, that Jeezy album is fantastic. Also, I had a chance to listen to it like one and a half times. 
that's what I expect from my mature, older rappers. You shouldn't be talking like you just got in the game. We know you're not in the street anymore. Thought it was fantastic. <laughs> uh, so, E, you sent you sent us something about Ric Flair. I don't know how deep y'all want to get into it, but we got we got a few few minutes to talk. AEW's in a funny spot. AEW's in a really funny spot, and probably more with just like their fan base. I've seen more discourse around like what's wrong with AEW actually since our last episode than maybe ever, and I can't pinpoint it. So. Did we know did? we went from, <laughs> so we went from on Tuesday, Wednesday show, we talked about, all right, guys, what's the important announcement going to be? We sitting there <laughs> talking about, oh, man, it's be a max deal. Hell yeah. We ain't got to spend $50 per pay-per-view no more, man. We lit. E, what was the uh, important announcement? That uh, Wembley going on sale next year. Ooh. And that uh, he's giving us Christmas early. By making this announcement Ooh. on Dynamite. Man, I was so, pissed. Wait, wait, wait. I almost turned the show off. Forever. Forever. I'm this is no joke. I'm not over-exaggerating this time. Sometimes I say some stuff just to get a reaction, but for real, I almost turned the show off forever. I said, I can't do this shit no more, man. And I'm like, and I'm like, is he ribbing me? Like, is he talking to me right now? Is he, is he, is he looking me dead in the eye? And he ribbing me because then he started like, like he, like he started laughing as he's saying this bullshit. Didn't it? Then like he started laughing, like he couldn't take he was, himself seriously. He was probably like he's making this dumbass announcement. They making this like this announcement is what he had to announce, and then he starts talking about it's early Christmas. And I'm like, what the? F- what are you? What are you sniffing? <laughs> I always supported, always supported Tony Khan's oh, announcement. Man. So I'm at the dinner table doing some work. He says his announcement. I die laughing because I already know Maddie Sean is over the edge at this point now. <laughs> then, well, it's early. It's what? early Christmas. You can get your tickets now. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I'm the only person holding AEW Dynamite together on this show. And then I'm like, they bring out Paul White. I'd be the mediator here. Keep y'all as AEW fans. So we get that double, double, double on Dynamite, which the Paul White thing is not for me in Jericho, but whatever, like whatever. If he wants to continue to go out there, it's not for me, but whatever. Then Thursday comes and they announce that Ric Flair has signed a multi-year deal with AEW to promote his energy drink, and he's been cleared from his doctor to take bumps. That doctor need to get his board certification taken from him. Who the hell is the doctor for one? Like, I don't care what type of clean bill of health you think he has when you hook up monitors to him and stuff. I just need you to watch his last match and just say after watching his last match, we need to be succumb to seeing something like that again. Can I ask a question? Because I didn't watch Ric Flair back in WCW and in the 90s and stuff. But when I started watching Ric Flair, and when I remember the early 2000s, because he wasn't there in the late 90s, when I first started seeing Ric Flair come back to WWE, didn't he start bumping on the, his side because of all his back injuries that he can't do a flat back? Even, well, that's even back in WCW, that's, NWA. Yeah, that happened after yeah. the plane crash. So yeah, then you're the telling me 70s. that that person can yep. still do that now, and he's 66, 67, some years old? Yeah, I think he's 70-something. 70, 70 almost 75, 74 years old. So again, what doctor 
and I'm not a doctor, but what doctor can say, like you said, you get all your blood work back. Okay. Your counselor good, but can say as a professional wrestler, yeah, you could do that. You could take a superplex off the top rope. Well, you wouldn't you know, be taking those moves. It's, it's not but, a knack. You know, we, we, we talked about last week. I asked you guys a question. I'm like, hey, you know, are they using too many older talents in the face of all the young talent they have on their roster that they're not really using fully as of yet, right? And we don't know if Tony Khan's going to get Ric Flair in the ring. Right. But, you know, when I saw Big Show, and this is, I'm not joking about Big Show, because I like Big Show, and I hope he's okay. He didn't look healthy. That leg didn't look like a leg that can get to the ring. Like, right, I think there might have been a reason why he didn't walk down to the ring. Like, I can't imagine him getting in the ring, in the wrestling ring, you know, walking over the, the rope, you know, in that leg. Like, right, like, he, he doesn't look healthy, let alone he should be in a wrestling ring. And so for someone to say, hey, I'm going to give Big Show another match at a pay-per-view, like, that's a problem. So now I'm like, all right, if they got Big Show in there in that condition, wrestling, and I hope maybe, hey, maybe looks can be a deceiver. Maybe he's sprout agile. Maybe he can hop to the ceiling. I don't know, right? But it don't look like it. It looked like he's going to hurt himself. I don't want to see that. And I think about when I see my, when I think about the, the heroes from the past, I don't want to see them in pain and look like, mm-hmm. looking like shells in the former self. And I think that's what we're going to get. So with this Ric Flair news, I can't put it past those people to put that 75-year-old man in the ring, you know, trying to bump, you know, because his last match, didn't he hit, he pass out or something like that? Do they? Sure did. Uh, exhaustion? Sure did. Like, sure did. What, what are we doing? What are we doing with this company? And, and, and if we're talking about, we, we just said last episode, AEW is like a love letter to wrestling. So say if Sting's last match, he has Flair somehow bumping or something like that. And you can say, oh my God, that was like an incredible finale to just their careers. I get that. But what I think a bigger thing is, and I, I broke it down the way I broke it down for a reason. It feels like, so like I said, there was a ton of discourse about AEW. Some of it I don't think is really warranted. Um. I said last week I thought they need to do a better job with episodic TV. They need to have a writer that can write shows from one show to another. And I gave the example of Brian Danielson and Claudio, all that kind of thing. They started Wednesday with a really nice video package to catch you up, which went right into an MJF promo. thought it was great. Loved it. Okay, cool. They, they kind of hit that. But then you, you get the Flair thing. You get the Paul White thing. You get the announcement thing. And it feels like maybe for the first time, the vision of AEW is not aligned with what their hardcore fans want. This was the first announcement that I saw universally panned. Typically, y'all still see a pocket of fans that were just like, it's Tony's company, he can say what he wants. Or, that is a big announcement. Nobody, even some people who live in the UK, was like, that wasn't enough. We already knew the show was happening. Like, we don't, that, that can be a tweet. An on-sale date can be a tweet not on the show. So I think he's handicapping himself for her continued talking about making these important announcements. I think the majority of the fan base does not want Ric Flair on their TV. If you want to take the side of moral police, people dogged on WWE, notably AEW fans because of the Vince sexual situation, all that stuff that happened. Flair, what happened on the plane ride from hell, we, you know, he 
pulled his junk out in front of this, you know, flight stewardess and all that. And it was like, okay, well, we can't bring this guy into AEW. We remember he was supposed to sign to AEW before that dark side of the ring. And then they kind of pulled back probably until smoke kind of clears a little bit. Then we brought him in. I saw a lot of that this week of we're bringing in this guy who, you know, doesn't respect women the way he needs to, or whatever the case may be. That's your fan base. I think that, so now let's transition to just. Well, well real quick, do you think the, if those are a true AEW fans who are saying that? That you're bringing yes. this guy in? 100%. So, what do you guys think AEW needs to do? I mean, I guess we could say course correct, but it just felt like this week, and I know I'm online much more than both of you are, but I'm sure you guys probably saw it. It was, it was heavy. It was really, really heavy. And it was all, of, it was those things. It wasn't about a particular storyline or match on Dynamite or storyline or match on Rampage or a storyline or match on Collision. It's like all these backstage decisions. It's the, you know what I mean? That's like really putting like a damper on their promotion. Now, Dynamite's rating was up. So people are still watching. Uh, I watched Collision. It wasn't much on Collision for me. I thought the intro was great. They brought it the, back. Yeah, I, well, they brought it back, and then AR Fox and Swerve's fighting. They're fighting through the pyro. thought that was awesome. But it wasn't much on Collision for me, and it definitely wasn't much on Collision for me watching on a Saturday night. And I know maybe hey. that's not really fair to say that because we have DVR and we can watch whenever. But for me to spend time on a Saturday night, there's certain people that was on that show. I'm like, they shouldn't be on this show right now, in my opinion. Hmm. So like, hey, what do you guys to, think? Add, to add to that, like, uh, I, I saw a couple comments too. Um, just a couple of quick highlights. I'm not sure what AEW's identity is anymore. AEW is uh, becoming WWE like with all the goofy uh, skits and storylines. Like, this is these are some of the things that you know are being said about AEW. AEW, uh, I was a lapsed fan, and AEW brought me back. But what I've been seeing for the past three to four months is not something I want to watch. I mean, so you, you're 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 hitting it. I mean, and like I think I I think I think that AEW originally, right? Like we, you know, you and I, because you know, I didn't talk to you as much about these things back then, uh, Rhodesia. But you know, Matt and I were loved AEW, rabid AEW fans, and I think when we saw an AEW was like the potential, like how great it could be, like a, a company that's for us, almost like Fubu for us by us, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. right. But now it, it kind of seems like that potential is kind of being lost. It's kind of turning into something that we didn't want or expect because it had to change at some point. It had to evolve, and I think it's going the wrong way. Because when I watched that show, we talked about the MJF thing, right? Talk about episodic television. Like MJF is like involved in like eight different storylines right now, mm-hmm. and they're just all bouncing off each other with no continues. Like he's you know, going through the show, trying to get somebody to, you know, team with him. In the middle of that, Warlow attacks his ass, chokes him, right? Pushes him, walks off, and he, and MJF keeps going. I'm like, you know you worried about getting a taxi Like, you got this man who just choked you, and we just talk about that. We briefly run off of it. Then he, he has the, he has a uh, Adam Cole storyline running. He has the, 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 the storyline with, uh, with the, 
the kingdom and uh what's my man name neck brace he has that going neck on strong. You, right you got the acclaim who were the one of the coolest tag teams and acts a year ago now you got max caster you know who has the cool raps he turned into a mjf like stalker guy mm-hmm. like he's a stalker like his, that's that's not cool like right that's not him being a stalker fan it's maybe entertaining to some but for someone who's cool that's not what that is so for me i just think that that company is just out of control i think the creative is ridiculous and i know matt we talked very briefly about collision you know it's not enough to make you want to watch on a saturday but i i i I appreciated their presentation to wrestling that day. It was about wrestling. It was about the matches. Things kind of happened to lead to the matches. I wasn't hit over the head with stupid ass cornball comedy. Like, right. It wasn't outrageous, you know, a thousand different storylines in two minutes. You know, it was a wrestling show. And I think that's ultimately what AEW needs to be is that versus what I got on dynamite. Okay. So, and then, Rodriguez, you can chime in on this one, too, because this is where I felt like there's a slippery slope. I just said they need to do a better job at episodic TV. They did that on Dynamite. Now, say you didn't, maybe you didn't like the, the Warlow MJF piece. I get that. But did you enjoy him, the story throughout the show, the thread of him trying to find tag team partners, or you didn't like that either? The, what I know I didn't like is that there was too many, he was involved in too many things that, that took away from the main story. Like, right, if that was the consistent thread, but he, there was numerous stories being into that kind of took the onus off of just that. Okay. That I didn't like. Okay. Right? Because, okay, so, 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 so I, I, was, I was a fan of that. I, I did like that because I'm like, okay, this is what I'm talking about. The story, the hokey stuff I get, but like, okay, so Rhodesia, when you hear people say like, and I've seen that a lot in the last week, WWE like, they're trying to be like WWE, they're a car, you know, they're trying to do what WWE does. We just want the wrestling. But just the wrestling isn't enough to get people now now we're just we're talking if we were in a room of just creative minds trying to figure out hey how can we get AEW back to being as popular as it was before and getting these buildings back filled up. Just wrestling is not going to get you there. They have an incredible card for Dynamite this Wednesday. I'm excited to watch it. But if you watch that I talk a lot about in capsules. If you watch it in the capsule on Wednesday, fantastic. But nothing leads to you wanting then to watch next week outside of that was just a good match. That's we need to do something more than that. So like, do you feel like AW has been WWE light over the last couple months? No, not at all. And I think maybe if they take some more of that, this here's the difference. People are saying WWE light because they are the pro wrestling machine insert any other name, whoever was the pro wrestling machine, that would be what they're trying to compare it to. But we know in order to get more than 2,500 people there, people have to be invested in these characters. One, people need money. So let's be honest there. People have to have money. We're kind of in this light recession, whatever. It's whatever on that part. But we need to have people that you can get behind. So you're not going to get behind a whole episode of just wrestling. So that's why when those people were giving kind of their feedback on w- on AEW, I think those are two different types of people. It could be either just the true AEW fans and then everybody else. Because you can't say here to stick to wrestling because that sticking to wrestling, like you said, is not going to get people to buy tickets. Now, you might get your true fans 
may keep them happy because this is the kind of wrestling I like to watch. But we know this is sports entertainment. I have to be able to turn in tonight and say, I want to watch Collision no matter what because of blank. Now, maybe should they have a harder uh, break? I know we were talking, we did a start, stop, continue a couple weeks ago for them or last week for them. But should it be more of a difference if these are Collision people and this is dynamite rampage people maybe we maybe need something like that too um but the storylines the only really goofy storyline i felt was the acclaimed or more of max caster that to me just falls flat to me because it's not funny to me i don't understand what yeah. they're trying to get at with that but all the other storylines and skits i love it because now you're getting me interested or hating this person. I like to see that kind of stuff. Seeing MJF in numerous spots in the night, that's no different than seeing the Judgment Day on Raw and SmackDown being inserted in multiple storylines. So I don't have a problem with that either. Um, but overall, I don't want to say that they're being WWE light. I think they are trying to find a way of how can we get more people in the building? How can we put on good television and have a have a company that's going to last a long time? You know what's WWE light? It's goofy cornball comedy. That's what we get on the PG era. So what's a we goofy? We got a lot of goofy. Uh, Besides Jeff Max, Jarrett, Max, I can't stand them. Max, I can't stand them. Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> can't stand them. Max Caster. Jeff mm-hmm. Jarrett. Max Caster. Um, neck brace man. No. You got, Dar- you got no, no. You love it. That's okay. That's what it is. Um, I you got Daniel seen, Garcia. I, I, I have seen more people not liking the Roddy Strong, Adam Cole stuff over the last couple of weeks than before. And I think some of it is just not as funny. Honestly, but I did enjoy it. Like now I kind of honestly like the I think we're done with the video packages, but like the last couple with Roddy and, and Adam Cole, I think I may have like chuckled like But once. Adam Head's not even there. So that adds a I'm lot to like, it too. What no, I'm saying so, the last couple that he was the last there. couple weeks. Um, right. Yeah. Even, well, the most even, we've seen even, it was even, on TV. Even Daniel Garcia, right? Like, you know, uh, a couple months ago we we're chanting you are a wrestler. Now he's Gyrating in front of everybody, mm-hmm. right? There's nothing wrong with like, the gyrating. So, I, and, nothing wrong I with the gyrating. Nothing and wrong so, with the gyrating. Like, we talk about Sounds all like a these hater. things that they're doing on the show. It's WWE light as a comparison to what they were doing like over a year and a half ago. Or is it, and maybe this is what it is. Now that you just said, I think, I think I just cracked the code. For me. Everything you just said was good at one point. Maybe they just need a better job of striking when they need to strike. Like Daniel Garcia at one point was one of the hotter wrestlers on Dynamite mm-hmm. because of the gyration. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, if you ask me something that he's done in like the last month worth anything, I couldn't tell you. He's he gyrating. was super hot though. He was super hot when they were trying to figure out if he was a wrestler or a sports entertainer. He mm-hmm. got himself super hot. Got himself hot again when he started doing the dance. And then it's just like, okay, now he's just there. They, maybe they should have pulled the trigger on whatever a, a little bit ago. The Adam Cole Roddy promo. I know he's out with ankle surgery, but like I said, the last couple of those video packages weren't weren't touching a candle to the original ones with him, with MJF and Adam, and even with Roddy and Adam. Okay, maybe we need to put the kibosh on that a week or two beforehand. So everything that you kind of just said as an example, at one point it was good, and then it kind of just like it got long in the two. Maybe that's what, yeah, maybe week. that's what they need help with. But um, I don't know. Like I, it, it's they're 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 in a really important time with Punk allegedly, maybe, possibly, probably coming in. Them going into Rumble season, 
AEW going into full gear to World's End. And we know the MJF storyline is still going to be there. The bidding war of 2024, either where like he just says, hey, I'm signing here, or they run with it for a little bit, and everybody's still on his neck, which I still like that storyline. But I think they just got to be careful. Because last week was not a good week for AEW, and Tony's got to figure out what his fan base wants and then serve that while still trying to open yourself up to get people to watch that maybe don't watch. But there's a lot to that. I, I think there's a lot to it. And I'm a little worried for him. I am. Because this it'd sure. be different if, like, this was happening at a time where live attendance was good. Or this was happening with a time. Like, take Collision. I, when the Collision was first officially announced, I think I asked you guys a question and said, I, I think I may have even gave, like, a time frame. Like, hey, three months from now, six months from, from, six months from now, is AEW's product better or worse because of Collision? And my hope was, and I said it's going to be better because you, now you got more wrestlers who have time. Hopefully, they're going to be able to flesh out some of these storylines a little bit better. And I think Collision is getting to a point where we absolutely now know that is not the A-show. Mm-hmm. Dynamite is their A-show. So, it is you just brought up, like, hey, should they do, like, a draft and kind of have only people on Collision, only people on Dynamite? I don't think that's the answer as much as what was CM Punk bringing to the table? where Collision at that time was my A-show in all of wrestling next to SmackDown. To now, I'm sitting here saying, four months in, five months in, like, yeah, I, I'll just DVR it, and when I get to it, I get to it. He I, wasn't you, like, it, it wasn't like he was on 10 segments a week. He wasn't pulling the Judgment Day. We may have saw him cut that pre-tape promo at the beginning. Maybe he did a promo in the show, and then he had a match in the main event. I think it was just having great wrestling match psychology matches. I think collision, because that's what y'all like. Y'all like that. Not saying I don't like it. I like it too. But you appreciate it more than I would. I think collision in the early days, you had your beginning entertaining. Entertainment was when the beginning opening. You have them there. And then when they got to wrestling, you had great matches that were produced properly and made sense. If there was a bump, like, oh my God, what was it? I was on... Shit, what was that? He, t- he took a choke slam Collision. to the apron. He took I, a choke slam to, to the I apron. To, I was trying not to bring it up. Because I, I do, like, this is what I don't want. I don't want to come across as we're just these AEW haters. Because we're not. I promise you we're not. But I don't see, like, take Crown Jewel. Let's take Crown Jewel. In my opinion, yes, we can argue match finishes all we want. Who should have went over? Who didn't go over? Cool. I don't think there was anything on that show that I could remember that I watched and said that shouldn't have happened from a logical storytelling perspective. On Collision last night, Darby takes a chokeslam from inside the ring onto the apron, falls out the ring by Lance Archer, finishes the match, he beats Lance Archer. Mm -hmm. That's a bump particularly the referee should have called for the match, which is why I don't like the Warlow powerbomb storyline they're going with. He's hitting one power gump, and the referee is calling for the match. But we got this guy who almost died, mm-hmm. and we're just letting the match go on. Okay, I digress with that. Jake comes out with his guys, which I think has potential. Yeah. Blanche Archer then picks up Darby Allen, hits him with his finish, leaves him laying. They go to commercial. Which is a lot less than that um, choke slam on Flip apron. those bumps. Yeah. Have him hit his finish somehow, some way. Darby kicks or he doesn't pin him at that time. Then you hit that choke slam onto the apron to go to commercial. 
and you come back from a commercial, Darby's still down. Man, we've seen Darby take a lot. This one here may be a little bit differently. And then, you, you know, you take him to the back, tell that story. But to have him take that hellacious bump, he's still working 20 seconds later, but then he's laid out by a regular finish, is asinine. Like, who signed off on that? And that's why I said I don't think collision in the early days, I didn't think we'd seen things like that. They Also, they had time to wrestle, too, and tell that story, the full story they wanted to in the ring. But you didn't see stuff like that. And I think that was the major difference. That's why I love the commentary team on originally on Collision, because it felt different. It still gave me my matches that I like. And maybe not over-the-top, goofy, cornball skits like WWE at times. It gave me my differences. But now it's all, again, one blend. Because you have CM Punk's fingerprints all over that show. Like, I don't know how heavily involved he was in the creative aspect. I don't know, he was very involved. Um, but he definitely had a vision that really worked. And he made that show, kind of the wrestling show, both wrestling storylines. Because that's what NWA was back in the day. Like, it didn't have all of the sketchball comedy segments. Because at the end of the day, these these guys, we don't got the, the comedy writers from the Martin show back in the day, y'all. This ain't In Love and Color <laughs> back in the day, man. These are some dudes who think they funny like me coming out there writing <laughs> week after week, you know, stupid comedy, right? Yeah. Some of y'all like it, some of y'all don't, right? But at the end of the day, the heart of wrestling is treating it like a true sports and having matches that mean something and characters that are important. And that's what you got on Collision. You got um, CM Punk making these, uh, these, these shows very, very important. And in addition to that, um, you know what? I don't remember what I was going to go ahead and say, um, but you, you said, whoa, I had a question. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> he lost his thoughts. I sure shout hell did. Shout, shout out to you, man. The point is, I think you are not a fan right now of some of the things that they're doing, and they need to figure out what. But it's the, the vocal minority feels the same way. Who knows if we were just to go to Dynamite and ask everybody in attendance, hey, what are you thinking? And they give us a different answer. But in the circles we are in, IWC, social media, people are much more down on AEW than I think they ever have been previously. Oh, I was going to say, hey, one thing. I think there's a lot of wrestling on right now. I think it's too much wrestling, to be honest with you. Too much wrestling. And it gets in the way of us really enjoying the wrestling that's on because we're so inundated with it. When you look at WWE, we got three different shows, right? SmackDown, completely different roster, right? Smack Raw, different roster. NXT, different roster. Now, do you get some bleed over and people back and forth a little bit? Sure. But for the most part, when you watch those shows, you're seeing different talent. Now, when I watch AEW and I watch Collision, I'm like, what's a good reason for me to turn in on Saturday and see Collision? Now, I guess Malachi Black kind of mainly lives there. Miro mainly lives there. Mm-hmm. At any point in time, you can see anybody in any the shows. So now, if I got something to do on a Saturday, I'll just hold off and I'll just wait and enjoy AEW on Wednesday. I'll see you no know, MJF and crew then. There's no mm-hmm. real reason for me to sit back and watch Collision anymore because there is no brand split anymore. Yep, it's like point. it's like Collision is Rampage Part Two or Rampage is Collision Part Two. It's like oh, just is runoff from Dynamite. Poor Rampage. Our guy, Wole. Shout out to Wole. That's my guy. He's also on X. Uh, he had a question for us. Uh, it was around AEW. He said, even though it will be for a minute, who from the elite could you see in WWE first? So we know they all just re-signed 
contracts. Let's take that away. Let's act like contracts are up and it is not a all for nothing, one for all. Because that's Aww. what they've said. Like, depending on what we all decide, we all come in. It's a package deal. That was my let's take answer. that away. Yes, take that away. So, Rhodesia, if you had to pick one person from the elite, who do you see going to WWE first? Or not one person, just one entity. If I had to do what he's, what you just said, take away that they are a package deal, I still think Kenny would be the person I would see go over there first. Um, why? Because, again, at one point I held him as the greatest wrestler in the world. And not saying that you have to be in WWE to be able to hold that title, but I think that cements that. So I would say it would be Kenny Omega. You know, I'm going to say the Bucks because I think they are extremely stale in AEW. I don't. I think they've accomplished all they can accomplish in, in that promotion. I don't know what they can do to kind of rejuvenate themselves. And I, I was a big Bucks fan. I, they're just not doing it for me in, the, in that company. I'm not sure what it is. Um, they are kind of like Charlotte Flair of AEW for me. Like they've done it all. There's nothing else for them to do, and I'm just not interested in, in seeing them anymore. So I would love to see them kind of rejuvenate themselves on the WWE brand, mix it up with some of the, the tag teams there. But I think the WWE um, tag team division is kind of shallow right now. Hopefully they can rebuild it because there's definitely potential there. Maybe uh, a Young Bucks could be the catalyst to that. You took the words out of my mouth with the Bucks and the reason why. I don't know if – I thought – they bounced back after Punk left. They came out in Chicago. I even said, like, hey, they got their smile back. I don't know if CM Punk broke them or there was something else going on backstage, but they come across to me like they're going through the motions, like mm. they're lifeless. Even mm. Matt's blow up at ringside on Dynamite felt forced and contrived to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because they're just not in a storyline I can sink their teeth into or what, but watching them, I'm like, man, they need a change of scenery ASAP. And it yeah. sucks that they just signed that multi-year contract with AEW. So to I your point, E, hopefully whatever they got going on, they can fix. Um, because this ain't the same team that we fell in love with. This ain't the same team that was putting on match of the year candidates with and had incredible storylines with the Elite and uh, the Lucha Brothers. Like, oof, it is, it is shallow right now with them. I just had an epiphany as y'all were talking. When AEW introduced the Trios Championship, that is when I felt like, just now, going back, thinking back, where the tag team championship and the trios, initially trios was hot, where they kind of then now, like, made both divisions worse. You get what I'm saying? Like, it yes. took the energy away from it because there's solos or singles, and then there's non-singles. And then I think once that honeymoon stage of the trios championship wore off, it could have been when House of Black dropped it, it just seemed like, okay, I don't care about the tags or the trios or because they were blended so much that it's too many, it, too many belts. It's just too much, too much going on. So you can't get behind it. And I think that happened also with like with the claim when they lost against Keith Lee and Swerve, which I thought was the right decision. It just didn't pan out to be that. And I don't know if it's because it's Keith Lee or, or, or what happened, but it just seemed like all of it just fell apart. So no one really cares about either because I just forgot again who was the trios champion. Yeah, you know, that's a good point, actually, Rhodesia. Um, I definitely thought when they were introducing this, the six-man titles that it would kind of water down the tag team. Mm-hmm. And um, it really did. It did, because, you know, now, you know, 
a tag team like oh i'm just gonna get a third guy and we're going right. after these titles that's, that's what it kind of seems like because mm-hmm. the tag team division was super strong for the first year and a half prior to those titles being introduced i mean i think it's another conversation we can have on another day you know them combined like damn it they got to me that's that's mm-hmm. i had like a list of things but we still have enough time and that was the titles man because you know keith lee is going to be challenging samoa joe i believe on dynamite yes for the ROH tv title like they got they defend so many random titles on mm-hmm. these shows like mm-hmm. it's just it's just too many of them and case in point rhodesia i think those tag team titles along with the two women's single titles needs to be fixed and well you know what it is too is because we care so much right maybe we just didn't care eat to your earlier point because there's a, there's a ton of wrestling on if there wasn't good wrestling everywhere else we would just take it but yeah. because we do care and the, this, the whole Darby thing I brought up, save your big bumps for when they matter. Just just do things that make the most sense. Yes, Keith Lee and Samoa Joe is going to be a killer big man match. I can't wait. I enjoy the way they set up on Collision. Samoa Joe says he's beat everybody. Keith Lee's like, you ain't beat me. Samoa Joe's like, we can take care of that on Wednesday. Love that. Mm-hmm. That is your real, that, that is a really quick storyline, but nice. it ain't much story to it, right? Mm-hmm. It was I said I beat everybody. You ain't beat me yet. All right, it's mm-hmm. on Wednesday. I love that. Yep. But it's for a belt that I don't care about. Nope. So, sure yes, the match is going to be great. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the for match is going to be great. you don't care about. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, think, I think we are super critical. Like you just said, Matt, we're super critical. Again, not hating. We're critical about AW because I think we believe it is ours. It is our baby. We were there in the inception of all in, all elite. And so we hold that special. So when we see them not doing what they can do and what they should be doing in our eyes, it's like a letdown to us. But I think we are so critical because we do care so much because maybe down the line, if AEW was clicking on all cylinders, just kind of feel like the, um, the Roman and John Cena to me, who would I go for my, my new love or my old love? Mm-hmm. Or even rocking John Cena. Like, who, who, who would I... Maybe deep down inside, I probably would be rooting for AEW more because I was there when they first started. So when we talk bad about AEW, and I hopefully... I don't think anybody who listens to the show would really think we're haters of AEW. We're so critical because we love we loved them so much. It's like us, almost. We were the Laps fan. That was, we finally got a product. We know you can shine. Now do it. Stop hey, doing if you want no fans to think everything is sweet, then, you know... I'm not trying to hate on it, but this attendance at these crowds are, they say it. The ratings, they say it. There's fewer people watching these shows. And here's the thing about, here's the thing about like, you know, we've all come from like a retail background. Sometimes it's not the customers that complain are the ones you worry about. It's the ones that don't come back. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, right. There's more customers that just stop coming to places because they don't appreciate the service or they like the service or whatever the case may be. There's more of them than actually take take their time to complain, to file a survey, right? Like for every customer that files a, uh, that files a complaint because of bad service, there's at least 10 that never file a complaint. You never hear from them. They're nameless. They just stop coming. Mm-hmm. And it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to get better because they're telling you, I'm about to stop patronizing you. <laughs> you need to figure this out. Like you said, all right, I'm never going there again. Yep. There's nothing you can do. Nothing you can say. I'm just never going there again. I would always rather have somebody file a complaint than somebody who just doesn't come back. Absolutely. And they had 3,000 people at Collision uh, last night. 
and that's I mean that's that's a good number. The, the place was still relatively empty on the hard cam side, and you kind of can hear it. But three thousand folks is a pretty good number. They're not going anywhere. I've seen some people talk about AW's going to go out of business. No, they're not. They're not going out of business. No, no, they will be here. But yeah, Reddy's, I think you're right. Even take us for example. I was just pulling up uh, tickets for Dynamite that's here in two weeks. Two weeks from Wednesday. Uh, they have sold so far 2,100 tickets. Their current setup is for 5,200, so they got 3,000 tickets left. I haven't bought tickets to this collision show. I mean, to this dynamite show. This is the night before Thanksgiving. If I don't get tickets, this will be the first AEW show in Chicago that we have missed in four years. That includes All In. We've traveled to pay-per-views. We've been in Vegas. We've done all of that. And right now, there is nothing, honestly, and that's part of it is, yes, we just went to Collision, whatever it was, in July. They come here a lot. But there's nothing that's happening on TV that is saying, here's money for me to see this live and in person. And if I'm thinking about missing this show, and I've been to, I think, 16, 17 AEW shows, something like that, something crazy, I'm going to assume if I'm thinking about missing it, the majority of your quote-unquote average AW Chicago fans are thinking about skipping the show too. That's powerful because if you're thinking you you're a day one guy, when those tickets go up, yep, you you're you're hitting that that that, that checkout button. So for you at this point to not have your tickets to consider not going, and you might hey look, and he may end up going, but. Right. But if the thought is crossing your mind, I bet there's more people in, in Matt's position that say, you know what? Let me skip this show. And, those and are we the, know that's, it is. That's the issue. That's the and we know it is because they have more tickets available that still need to be purchased than have already been purchased in a hotbed like Chicago. And yes, it is Survivor Series that next week. Dynamite is that Wednesday. SmackDown is that Friday. And Survivor Series is that Saturday. I get that. But if a product is hot, it doesn't matter. People are going to spend their money and they're going to make sure they find a way to get to said show, to said concert, to said sporting event. So, uh, but great question, Wole. Appreciate it. Uh, you guys also give us your answer. Hit us up on X, which is that's FNW. Of course, you can hit us up on YouTube as well. That's freaking wrestling. We had two really good questions. So, we had the War Games question. Let us know who your guys' men's team would be in hell. Even if you think you can pull off a woman's team that makes sense where the story is right now, give us that. And then also, too, if take away that they just signed multi-year deals for the elite, who would you uh, want to see in WWE first? Who do you think would be in WWE first? It'd be cool to see your guys' answers on that. All right, so that is it, guys. We are up and out of here. So good show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you hit that follow button. That is on the device that you are listening to us right now, so you don't miss any of our shows. We drop twice a week. I already talked about uh, YouTube. It's all good. E is trying to do the heart right now because on Riverside, when you do the heart, you get these other hearts if you're watching the video. And for some reason, he just can't get it. So we're going to end the show. You got to do it from the heart. You got to do it from the heart. My heart's not in it. My heart's not in it. You got to do it from the heart. (laughs) We'll talk to you guys later on. Peace.